Stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take any topic that's astrological or any topic that is related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of sinistry astrology, otherwise known as love or relationship astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek. I hope that you guys like my little um, vocal rend- rendering of the theme song. Uh, my... Um, what is it? My keyboard wasn't really working very well or haven't been able to find the plug for it. So I'm trying to, trying to like play with a, a couple of different sounds here and there. But, you know, anyway, I, I am actually so glad to be meeting with you today. Today we're going to be talking about, okay, this is going to be a fun episode first and foremost. I had a lot of fun researching it, but we're going to be diving into the dynamics. <clears throat> of the 1980s band ABC, which was head lead singer was Martin Fry, also backed up by Mark White on guitarist, Stephen Singleton on saxophone. Um, actually, he brought a very, I think the saxophone really more than anything, um, his saxophone sound really brought a unique sound to the band. But then also um, backing up with David Palmer on the drums. Um, actually ABC was known to be like one of the synth groups, although I, I disagree with the synth group, um, sort of analogy. Um, but you know, their, their really, uh, biggest, you know, claim to fame, a song, the look of love. Um, there was also poison arrow that was really popular at the time. They also have a, how to be a millionaire, um, and then also other, uh, you know, unknown hits such as Glamour Kills and, um, you know, I think it's Ocean Blue. Um, you know, it's Between Me and You. Um, so really uh, good, gorgeous songs uh, from the 80s. But um, I'm, like, loving it. I've been loving ABC. Uh, one thing that I've been noting is how dramatic the band really was particularly Martin Fry, the lead singer. Um, so my predictions going into this, so like uh, this will be like part one. Um, and basically I'm just going to go into each individual band member. Um, what was really very important when being in a band, like what are the most important dynamics due to the sun, the moon, uh, Venus, Mars, as well as um, I did also add Mercury in here because uh, there were some vocals to the band. And, you know, just like what was really important to each band member when it came to the, um, the group. And then my biggest theory of all is that at least with Martin Fry and possibly with all members of the band, that they have a heavy Leo influence. I'm sorry, being a Leo myself, sun and rising sign being a Leo. Um, I can tell you what drama is all about. And ABC is definitely that that has like all the, the dramatic trappings that 
I, I, yeah, I think I like it because it does placate the Leonine side to me. So I'm actually predicting there's some Leo in the group, like lots of Leo energy in the group. Um, and I, I specifically sought this out when I was researching. So I, I am just, like I said, I am just kind of excited, kind of thrilled to be able to present this to you. And let's go ahead and jump right in. So with Martin Fry, I, um, you know, wanted to start off with him. Obviously he was the lead singer and he was also, I didn't notice, know this until I actually got into the research a little bit, but he actually wrote some of the songs or actually wrote all the songs, um, to ABC. So I thought that that was really, um, I, I really respect songwriters and the fact that they're able to create a song out of nothing. Uh, personally, I have tried it. It is easier said than done. Um, especially when, you know, trying to consider the different chord structures and the lyrics that can go with those chord structures the chord structures for me leave me flummoxed. I, I, I could not, I mean, I would have the worst trouble. It's kind of like somebody who has a blank piece of paper and they don't know what, what to write with the chord structures. It's like I'm having a blank piece of, um, manuscript paper and I just don't know which chords would actually sound really great. So to really, like I said, to construct that from the muses is really very awesome. Um, I have a, I have a lot of respect for songwriters. But with Martin Fry, um, unfortunately, when I did take a look at his general chart, the only influence that was in Leo kind of let me down was Uranus in the second house. And of course, I put in my notes, no, but, but not to worry, not to worry. I think there were some other factors. I, what I do remember, there are some other factors that actually explains the whole Leonine persona. And the, the drama that's, that's involved, the big drama that's usually very Leonine. But he has his son in Pisces. His son is also conjunct Mercury. So definitely on the communicative side. Uh, I think when it comes down to the band, his ideas, I, I think he felt very, um, approved of and very nurtured when his ideas were expressed, um, in a free setting. Also, um, again, I kind of see uh, Mercury conjunction, conjunction uh, with the sun, especially to be kind of like a mark of a lyricist, you know, uh, or, you know, kind of like a, somebody who has like a fondness of words. So I can see where being the lyricist and actually writing the songs and writing the lyrics to each of the songs was really um, very important to him. That was what he contributed uh, to the band. And it was very important that he could he continued to contribute, um, in his law. Actually, he was actually the, the longstanding member as well too of ABC still is because he still kind of sings some of the top hits and, you know, goes around and, uh, basically sings his songs, um, as well from ABC. Um, but yeah, not afraid to verbalize his ideas and opinions, um, in an environment, whether good, bad, or otherwise. Um, and I also mentioned in a way that's supportive and constructive because again, that Piscean vibe, not wanting to rock the boat, um, really just wanting to keep, you know, peace and stability and measure when it came to the band, but, you know, um, really just like kind of being more support or trying to communicate effectively, 
and uh, problem solving as much as he possibly could. So here was the other no within Martin Fry's chart. Um, unfortunately, well, so, okay, fortunately, unfortunate for me with my predictions fall, fell flat. His moon is in Scorpio. I was so hoping that like maybe his ascendant was in Leo or, or his moon was in Leo, but no, alas, it's in Scorpio. It is conjunct Neptune. And also, um, I think, uh, his Jupiter position, Martin Fry's Jupiter positions like late Libra into Scorpio. So a lot of Scorpio influence. Uh, however, however, um, it kind of occurred to me, it, it's all in the fifth house. And I think when I was looking spe specifically looking up Jupiter in the fifth house, like Sandra, fifth house that's ruled by Leo. So that's the Leo. I think that's the claim to fame, the Leo part of Martin Fry's uh, chart right there. Leo aspect. I am so sorry. I'm having some issues with talking this today. <clears throat> Goodness. Um, but I think that's really the, the Leo aspect was a lot of these influences are in his fifth house, but with the moon conjunct Neptune, um, definitely this is a man who has a lot of intuition, a lot of imagination. I would not be surprised if he actually innovated some of the, the look and the characteristics of some of the songs. And what I mean by the look and characteristics, take a look at the, um, the cover for Alphabet City and also most of the covers for ABC. A lot of them have this sort of detective vibe going on, um, which I kind of see that was kind of Martin Fry's biggest influence, especially with the Scorpio um, transits or the Scorpio aspects. Scorpio is big with um, doing like undercover work or being detective works or kind of like, you know, um, kind of dredging out. Um, excavating, I think is also a big word, excavating what is, you know, in the underbelly. And obviously with detective work, you're at, you're, that's like the biggest epitome of excavating. You know, you're excavating those, you're not only seeing that not, not only is everyone not really good and, and innocent, you know, that people are, you know, that the darker side is revealed, which is very scorpionic, which is there are people who are out there doing bad things. You know, that's what detective work or that's what detective stories really underlie. It's the, the underbelly. But, um, you know, on top of that, with the excavations, like obviously excavating those who are bad and bringing them to justice or or just excavating layers that we usually hide from the public eye when it comes to society at large as well. But of course, the, the fifth house theme of it all with Martin Fry. Um, so I think the imaginations, the machinations, um, were really big and influential for ABC. I also just see, like I said, that scorpionic vibe really kind of tinging or really kind of being a big part of the, like I said, the look and the feel. But also with Martin Fry, the one thing that I'm seeing is that with Neptune meeting the moon, a lot of intuition, um, very intuitive. And also Neptune is also close to his north node. Um, what I actually first thought of was um, when I was doing some research into the band members, 
I did actually take a look at an article um, in the Telegraph of Martin Fry. And I think I remembered I read an article in the parade on Martin Fry long ago. I think that he basically had a health scare while he was in ABC. And I didn't realize this, but it turned out that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, and I mean, through the majority of ABC. Um, in fact, he had mentioned that he had just begun to form or he was part of ABC, he just began to, you know, become and also form songs and form the band ABC only, and this was like in his late twenties, like 27, only to start, he started to feel like really terrible and started to feel horrible. And it turned out that he, his doctors um, had said, you know, we can't find anything right now. We think that this is Hodgkin's lymphoma, the beginnings of it, but we need to run tests to really be sure as doctors say. And Martin Fry just um, basically said to himself, it's like he had that moment where it's like, I could be part of the 27 Club. So being like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and um, Jim Morrison, and just, you know, uh, step back, not be a part of the band, and just like get treatments. However, my mortality could be in the eaves. You know, he kind of thought I could be a part of the 27 Club where I kicked the bucket at 27 years of age. And then he also mused like, or I can forego treatments for the time being and just kind of persevere anyway. And I feel like that was kind of a little bit of that intuition playing in of Scorpio of, you know, it's like maybe, you know, my calling is being a part of this band, even if it might be, you know, counteractive to my health, uh, mainly because this is the time to kind of strike while the iron is hot or strike while, you know, everything is kind of going for me, um, at this point. So he continued on with ABC. Um, unfortunately though, like around 1981 to 1982, he started to realize like how much weight he was losing and how rail thin he was becoming. That's actually very apparent in the, um, the video, um, music video, look of love. Uh, he did look a little haggard and that was due to the lymphoma kind of really taking sway. And that was about the time when he actually uh, went to go seek treatments. And that was going back to England and seeking treatment for that and had to kind of step out um, for a little bit because of that. But I personally had no idea. I just... Um, I thought with ABC that they formed, I, I thought with the parade, I had heard that there was like a nervous breakdown and Martin Fry had to like kind of bow out for a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I would also have to say with the Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, you know, what happened to still persevere. I also find that's the scorpionic influence of, Hey, you know what? I have this goal to be the best musician that I can possibly be in my lifetime. So there not only was the intuitive calling, there was also the, you know, scorpionic um, ambition calling. And it's like, let me, it's like, if I'm going to become a musician, I have to become a musician now and I have to keep going. And, um, you know, with a lot of Scorpios, along with Aries, um, sometimes their biggest strength and also their biggest weakness is that 
they persevere. They keep going. They have a dream. They, they push all four, all five cylinders until they can't be pushed anymore. And that was definitely true, um, with Martin Fry as well, too. And, you know, to be honest with you, I do have to say that it's admirable to be able to do that. I know personally, if I were, um, with the di- the same diagnosis, knock on wood, that never happens for me. But if, um, I had something like that, I probably would drop out. I probably would have had to bow out. I probably wouldn't have had the stamina nor the courage to keep moving forward. And for Martin Fry to say, nope, I gotta, I gotta push this mother. I gotta push this band to the heights that I gotta push it to, or no one else is gonna do it. I think that that's actually, I applaud him and I think that's super admirable. And I'm sure that he had to push through not only feeling sick all the time, um, but also through a lot of pain from what I understand, from what I understand from cancer patients. um, It's, it's not a easy disease to deal with mainly because it's just the pain um, that occurs and just having um, benign tumors in my own body um, in different places. I, I can, I can like somewhat understand, but from what I understand, it's like 30 times the amount of pain that I had to go through. So, um, I definitely say with Martin Fry, um, that was very admirable and I, I'm glad that he's a okay, that he's well at this time, that he's still out there, um, writing songwriting, that he's still out there actually singing. Um, most, most of it's like ABC's greatest hits, but you know, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm thrilled that he's still performing. And I'm still thrilled that he's still around, um, to be honest, because he could have easily had things lead awry or not have things go a great way, one way or another. The other um, note that I had for the high Scorpio um, aspect is um, his needs in order to kind of make um, relationships work, especially within the band setting is not only a need for passion, mystery, but also some loyalty. Um, Scorpios, when they get involved in relationships, they kind of look for forever as well, too. But their forever is a little bit different from that of Capricorn or even Libra. Um, forever for Scorpio is by way of loyalty, um, being able to deeply trust those that are around them. And also kind of, you know, deeply trusting, meaning like they can divulge anything to this person and feel that they can still, um, excuse me, that they can still trust them in the long term. And, um, you know, really, you know, have that kind of deep sense of trust that they can reveal, you know, that they can reveal anything to anyone or anyone can reveal anything to them. There are no hidden agendas. There's no schedules. And I kind of feel like that's really important to Martin Fry, not only in relationships, but also within the band, you know, to not only establish a band with where he can, you know, write the songs and the lyrics and perform them, but also, you know, to stay in a band for a long time. It's like the, this is not, you know, he's not interested in a band that's just going to produce a one hit wonder, you know, especially when it came down to ABC, he wasn't interested in like a one hit wonder sort of a band. 
Um, also with Scorpio, he probably good chance he wanted the best within the band in order to make sure that there were not a one, it wasn't, you know, ABC wasn't a one hit wonder sort of band. And that really meant, um, being able to compete with the bands of the day, like Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran, um, but also to have the best musicians possible. Um, that would also get along and, you know, not only create a great sound for the band, um, great sound for his songwriting, but also, you know, um, that could also produce that, you know, kind of help him to produce that sound that's like the best, the best, the best, the cream of the crop in order to compete really well with other 80s bands at the time, you know, such as Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet, who they, with whom the band really hated, um, big time. I think that was to kind of keep competition high, but also, um, you know, really, um, taking a look at musicians who have that mindset of forever, you know, not just being the best and what they can be and then being a real jerk or a real, you know, real poser or what have you, um, you know, in personality, but somebody who actually, also has the same interest in not only producing a high quality sound within the band, but also somebody who is willing to see this band as forever, see ABC as forever, not, you know, just as a one hit wonder and then, Hey, I'm going to let my ego go hit the road. So I think those factors involved with Scorpio, that loyalty, having it be forever, um, being able to trust bandmates that, you know, um, he can trust bandmates with his lyrics, that he can trust bandmates with his um, chord structures and not, you know, have the suspicion that somebody's going to steal his work from under his nose. Um, you know, I, I think those were things that were very important to Martin Fry as he was forming or helping to form ABC um, in the 19, like, so in the early um, 80s when the band was formed as well. And to be honest, um, it kind of goes to show he is the one member who has actually withstood the test of time. He's like the longest standing, one of the longest standing members of ABC as well, too. So that kind of shows you the level of scorpionic commitment right there um, in there. And then, of course, with that Ju with Jupiter in like late Libra into um, Scorpio, so along with probing, um, you know, being in the fifth house, you know, being prone to performing, um, kind of performing the things that he's seeing, the, the depths of that he's seeing in a fun way. So that that detective bent or, um, you know, the jilted lover as well, too. That was also pretty big with ABC, you know, kind of presenting the truths of the 80s through this really um, fun like sort of guys as well too. And um, ABC did have a lot of profound hits like um, glamor kills. Like the main lyrics are glamor kills. It doesn't pay the bills. Glamor kills UBU. Um, I felt like that was a really profound song and there's a number of profound songs by ABC as well too, that Martin Fry, you know, lyrics that Martin Fry had written and also, you know, the songs that he had written. And I felt like it was a very scorpionic in the regard that, especially like with Glamour Kills, that song really was kind of like the antithesis to the eighties, you know, and the eighties was all about glamour. It was all about keeping up with appearances. It was all about how you looked on the outside. 
and to have a song that's that literally states you know it kills it doesn't pay the bills and you know um that was pretty like i said that's a pretty revolutionary and also a very truthful thing to kind of say um you know as a band or to kind of sing as a band and um i really think again that's that scorpionic edge you know the, the jupiter and Scor- influence in scorpio seeing the bigger picture and seeing kind of the nitty gritty truths about the 80s where it's like yeah glamour is just kind of the plaster that's keeping the crumbling structures up and you know kind of uh, hiding the the crumbling structures behind it and you know let's let's try to see what's behind it instead um, and I feel like that's a lot of like ABC's songs as well too, which I I find it's it's really kind of cool, really quite interesting. And of course, like I said, the fifth house influence being in Leo. That's definitely along with Scorpio. Scorpio and Leo are like the two biggest dramatists. And I would also put Aquarians and Taurians in that mix too. They're like the biggest dramatists ever. So that to have Nolly Martin Fry have, you know, a lot of aspects in his fifth house, but also in Scorpio, just like, okay, that's where the drama's coming from, big time. You know, part of the drama. That's where it's coming from with ABC, big time. And I, I love it. I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. I, I just, I love it so much. So with Venus, um, it is actually, so this was interesting. Venus for Martin Fry is an Aquarius um, in his eighth house. So a couple of needs here when it came to the band um, and relations with the band. First and foremost, I think um, independence and having a unique point of view and a unique bent was very important to him and still is very important to him uh, when it comes to songwriting you know, not just writing about love or not just writing about, you know, the common themes. It's like, you know, he, with Martin Fry, I could see with his lyrics, definitely he had some of the common themes of love, but love kind of um, relatable to the jilted lover. Or also, too, how to become a millionaire. You know, how do you become a millionaire in the capitalistic society of the 1980s? Um, you know, a lot of, like I said, there was, you know, still some, you know, common themes that were followed, but there was a very unique bent. And also what I kind of found too with Martin Fry was that there's also some synth um, sort of sound effects, like especially how to be a millionaire. I kind of wonder if they had um, a speak and spell or something that mimicked a speak and the sound of the speak and spell Wait, I, I, okay. I'm kind of showing my age way back when I was a little kid. Um, there used to be a little toy called a speak and spell. You'd spell, um, certain letters and it would actually speak it back to you as you would spell certain letters that it would give you. And it had that robot, it had like a really robot, a distinctly robotic voice that I've actually heard in a lot of, um, like I said, not ABC's works, but in a couple, like Depeche Mode is also another band where it's like, I'm kind of wondering they employed something like a speak and spell in there, but especially with, um, how to be a millionaire, um, that was, there's definitely that sound effects in there, which to me, that's very unique and very Aquarian as well too, that they kind of blending in that unique synth. Um, and also with Aquarians being like the scientists or the log, the logisticians of the Zodiac, 
I'm kind of seeing like the fascination with technology um, kind of playing out in their songs as well. And then, of course, the unique views, like how many songs in the 80s did you have that actually asked how to be a millionaire? How do you be how can you be a millionaire? And having lyrics like um, I see the picture, but I can't afford it. You know, it's just like, it's very unique. It's very, um, it stands out very catchy. It stands out. It kind of gets your attention, but yeah, it's very unique. It's not something that you might've heard from Duran Duran, or you might not have heard from Spandau Ballet or from all the eighties bands. I mean, the closest that I probably would hear a lyric like that would probably be like Tears for Fears, but Tears for Fears was more gothic and dark. Whereas with ABC was more fun, you know, it's like it was presented in a lighthearted and very fun sort of way. But I definitely would say that having that unique perspective was definitely very um, important for Martin Fry. And then also with the eighth house, having a sense of transformation, you know, the band um, ABC, you know, not just having um, great hits and catchy songs, but also, you know, kind of transforming society a little bit, maybe bringing hope to listeners, um, maybe transforming their psyches, maybe transforming how they feel about themselves, especially when it comes to, like I said, I love the song Glamour Kills. Um, I still find that song that really still applies to this day. You know, we're just, you know, as a Western society, we're just heavily based off of looks and appearances, whatever the, the situation happens to be, whether it's people or places or things. Um, so, you know, really to have that, you know, like with Glamour Kills, I wouldn't be surprised if that came out um, to help transform those who had, like, say, the beginnings of body dysmorphia issues or those who felt super insecure because of the the glamour and the guys of the eighties, you know, it's like, it, it kind of like the nineties the had kind of this and growing up in the nineties. I can attest that there was kind of the same image, like a little bit of leftovers from the eighties where it's like, you had to be really perfect. No matter what you did, you had to look perfect. You had to be perfect. <clears throat> and for someone who was clearly not perfect, like I was, I felt very imperfect growing up with having a learning disability and also really, really super imperfect in my teenage and teenage years with chronic cystic acne and being lanky and tall and just really not fitting into the mold at that time. But getting back to the eighties, I wouldn't be surprised if like, say something like glamor kills um, the song glamor kills kind of inspired people to be like, yeah, glamour kills. Yeah, it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, I can be who I am. Screw you. Yeah, rock on. And, um, you know, I think having one of the major importances with Martin Fry is to, you know, again, inspire self-confidence or to inspire like a, a transformative, healthy change in um, listeners, which I think, you know, like I said, to this day, it still speaks to me. And that's it, it was a innovative way. And then, of course, uh, Mars was uh, Mars is in Capricorn in Martin Fry's chart. It's in the seventh house, so um, a lot of his okay, so a lot of the songs in ABC that Martin Fry writes, I really find like especially that of the Jilted Lover. 
I'm almost tempted to come up to the character that he's portraying in his songs and just say, uh, Martin, little bit of a note here. Um, I probably could see why this relationship didn't work out. And part of it could be that you were a little impulsive. Maybe you moved a little too quickly into it. Like, did, did you idealize your lover when, when you first met her and first, you know, put your eyes on her? Yeah, that could be the problem. Yeah, I, I kind of see where that would have been an issue with Martin Fry and just also in general. Um, I think nowadays in his later years, he's still, well, he considers himself to be a hopeless romantic. Um, I still, I kind of feel like maybe this Mars attribute might have matured, but in his earlier years, maybe like, you know, having a lot of love at first sights and having a lot of, Ooh, you're pretty. I'm in love with you. I got, I got, I got to fall in love with you. You know, this kind of knee jerk reaction when it came to relationships, especially being in that seventh house. And I kind of feel, um, that's also, like I said, the mood of most of his songs where it's like, yeah, I, I had this knee jerk reaction of falling in love with somebody. And she, and she being like Artemis, she broke my heart. She, she like put her poison arrow all the way through my heart. How dare she? And, um, you know, like I said, I, I just feel like, uh, with Mars, um, in that seventh house, not only to give a lot of inspiration for Martin Fry's lyrics, but I think also, um, when it came, to, when it has come to the impetus, um, you know, normally musicians have, and actors and all um, sort of artists have that drive in them. And I feel like with Martin Fry, that drive came, you know, that seventh house relationship or seventh house, the relations uh, of the band. And then also being in Capricorn, you know, making sure that he made um, a, good, a good solid foundation for himself as a musician. You know, not necessarily just for the money, I think really more for, I want to establish my career and here's how to go for it. Um, even risking not going for medical treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma um, to pursue his dreams, to pursue his goal, um, I think really does speak to that, that Mars aspect and that, you know, just really you know, powering through, steamrolling through as well, too. And um, I do have to say it's an admirable um, aspect, even though the biggest drawback with that seventh house is obviously the lust at first sight, unfortunately. So it's like, um, I think with Martin Fry, he's perfected and kind of refined that over the years. And I think he's, he's okay now. You know, he's in a steady relationship with his wife, but, you know, I think in earlier years he had to, kind of watch on that a little bit there so now going into the chart of david palmer the drummer of abc so with david palmer um first thing that kind of cracked me up with his chart so he's actually his son's in gemini his moon is actually 28 degrees Scorpio, um, which is very, very close to Sagittarius. So he does have an opposition going on between his sun and his moon, technically. Um, but, you know, with that 28 degrees Scorpio, still with Scorpio, that 20 degrees, he still has a view of Scorpio as well as of Sagittarius with his moon. So in some ways, I kind of looked at this, I'm like, 
you know, he probably has a bit in common with Martin Fry, just like a little bit in common with that aspect there. But uh, what kind of caused me to crack up um, with this aspect was I also, I think I saw this recently, you know, when looking at, you know, researching, like, who are the members of ABC? Um, I saw that with David Palmer. Um, he was actually the drummer for one of the most loathsome of competitors of ABC, which was Duran Duran. So we're talking about the detective themes in ABC. I'm going to say here with David Palmer, talk about a double agent. Oh, my goodness. And um, I could kind of see a little bit where, um, you know, later on I'll mention with Mars and his Mars and Uranus position. At first, he may have been drawn um, to, you know, kind of getting to know both bands, having a drumming opportunity. But, you know, again, breaking loyalties with ABC. And I'm kind of, I was kind of like um, kind of curious. It's like, OK, so how would this have gone with the other band members? You know, if you probably would have made enemies, especially with Martin Fry. I kind of get the feeling that um, with Martin Fry and with everybody else, but especially with Martin Fry, it's like, oh, you're going to drum for Duran Duran? Well, then you're going to spy for us and tell us all the secrets that Duran Duran is, is using so that we can use that against them, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, I just I thought it was just kind of funny, you know, with the detective themes, you know, here he is, he's also a double agent and you know, being definitely Geminian for sure. But um, that opposition to me between his sun and his moon, um, <clears throat> what that conveys to me is that with oppositions, very much like with quincunxes, um, there's a lot of compartment compartmentalization that kind of occurs. So with David Palmer, I would not be surprised again, you know, drumming for two bands. That's definitely very Gemini. But also with the Gemini um, sun, if he um, had actually, I think what would have been important to him being in ABC is continually having something new. Or what's um, also important to him as a drummer and as a musician is to have new opportunities and, you know, different beats to um, actually sustain within a band, you know, not just going for four, four time all the time, maybe having something that's a little different, um, you know, beat wise, or maybe having a different sound um, to the percussion section um, as a whole. Um, those things were very intriguing and also important to him. And maybe um, establishing through um, wanting to be fun and also unique, maybe contributing to the the fun uh, jilted lover perspective or the fun, you know, detective perspective, and also um, you know contributing to a unique sound um, for the band, unique sound that's also really um, appealing and charismatic, and also very, like I said, again, um, piquing his interest, um, as a drummer. Um, the opposition though, he's compartmentalizing the ever, um, ever effervescent and evasive. Um, I don't think evasious is a word actually, but the ever, um, the ever inquiring mind of the Gemini is actually, um, also compartmentalized from the very, um, philosophical mind of Sagittarius. 
and or the philosophical point of view of being near Sagittarius, even though technically he was in Scorpio. So kind of having the depth and the philosophical side of him kind of be a little bit separate, you know, the philosophical side of, you know, songs like glamor kills or songs um, such as the night you murdered love, you know, where there's a, you know, very unique aspect um, taken uh, to that song. Um, You know, basically, you know, again, I, I think it's like he was very bubbly and fun one minute and then very philosophical the next moment. And I think over the years, kind of like with Ewan McGregor um, in his chart, he has his sun and moon in opposition. He had to learn how to blend those two t- influences together. And I, I say the same with David Palmer, how to blend the philosophical side of Sagittarius or, you know, Scorpio, the, the probing side of Scorpio and then the, the, the leading to the philosophical side of Sagittarius, blending that in with the wanting different experiences and wanting a different sound um, with the band. And I think in blending those two elements, what he'd find is, um, you know, again, having an overall very deep experience um, within music and having a deep, you know, a, a band again that, again, stands the test of time, you know, no one hit wonder bands. Um, I think he was right up there with Martin Fry. It's like, yeah, please, I don't want to be a part of a band that's a one hit wonder. I want to last forever. I want to be more like the Beatles as opposed to one hit wonder and span the test of time. And uh, I think he was up there with uh, Martin Fry and saw eye to eye eye with him. And I think that that was also important to be able to still maintain good contact. And, you know, even though he had drummed for Duran Duran to have um, everyone in the band kind of understand him, still maintain good contact with him and still, you know, get along with him as well too, which I, I find to be that Sagittarian side as well too. But to have a deep collective experience in all of his, um, just as a musician in general. So uh, I was mentioning, like alluding to his Mars position. So actually David Palmer has a bit of Leo in his chart as well. That's where I was like, yay, Leo, the drama of Leo. And probably some of the drama also came from David Palmer as well as Martin Fry. Um, but, uh, with the, yay, you know, um, it kind of went, it kind of turned into, whoa, um, because, uh, he has not only Mars and Leo, but it's also paired with Uranus and what I can, and also being in the 12th house on top of that. So breaking it down by the planets with Mars conjunct Uranus in Leo, I mean, I was talking about impulse with Martin Fry with his Mars position being in the seventh house. And I think with Martin Fry, he also had an opposition with Uranus, which also really exacerbated a lot of impulse. I would say with David Palmer, um, possibly that drive to go drum with Duran Duran might've been from impulse as well too. The, um, the impulse of Mars fueled even further with the impulse of, and the, the energy too of Uranus. And that's where I kind of encourage natives where they have either a really hard aspect or even a conjunction between the two to kind of 
you know, push, get off the, the gas pedal a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of a life in the fast lane and a lot of making decisions really fast and really having like, um, interests that are really quick only to have those interests and the decisions to evaporate really quickly. And what I mean by, um, decisions evaporating is like, you know, kind of realizing it's like, uh Oh, did I make a mistake in drumming for Duran Duran as well as ABC? Did I make a mistake in, you know, this beat, you know, deciding to do this beat and having the band follow along with this beat as opposed to that beat. And, um, especially within the regard of Duran Duran, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised with David Palmer if, um, he kind of got into trouble a little bit with his bandmates, you know, that might've sparked a little bit of controversy. And also if you might've sparked a little bit of controversy and a little bit of, um, friction at times. And then to back it all off with Leo, um, you know, lots of, you know, of course there's lots of drama that comes from impulse. And then I also think, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, as well, kind of, um, really increasing his exposure in order to be recognized, which is a big Leonine, uh, trait is what I'm, I'm also seeing. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of like, Oh, you know, again, don't hit the gas pedal so much. And I probably would have, you know, I probably would have mentioned that to young David Palmer. I think nowadays though, I think he's had to really refine this aspect and especially being in the 12th house where the influences are not as great and he could be do be, he can be impulsive without realizing that he's being impulsive as well. You know, that, that, uh, you know, illusion, so to speak of the 12th house. Again, I, I probably would have had, to, uh, he probably would have had to also uh, learn about doing things in retrospect or kind of thinking things in retrospect and not really committing to things until retrospective perspectives were taken, um, both for the band as well as just for him and general relationships for him. Uh, for David Palmer, Venus is also in Aries in his ninth house. So um, it was also squared Saturn. So one thing I would say that would be very important for David Palmer um, I looked at the squared Saturn and seeing a need for commitment arising. Um, so definitely wanting a forever band and not just the one hit wonder or not just having a band that's full of egos and full of personalities and not really full of music. So again, I think uh, um, he did see eye to eye with Martin Fry on this one. Um, needing stability as well, too, uh, within the band, wanting that stability of, hey, let's just be a band that creates good music as opposed to a band that's full of personalities and full of egos. It's like we can develop the personality as long as the tight-knit um, aspects can come about. Um, and I think that, that was, that's also very important um, to him or to David Palmer uh, when it came to not only joining the band, but also what he looked for and what he sought for when it came to ABC. Uh, and also the last but not least aspect was Mercury is in Cancer. So um, again, like with Martin Fry, um, very encouraging. Probably, um, you know, 
the, you know, encouraging and, um, really like maternal supportive to bandmates, really being very encouraging of different opinions, whether it be of the drumming style that he's using or whether it be, you know, being uh, really supportive of having a free, um, you know, with bandmates, they always have to kind of brainstorm ideas with one another for both songs as well as for image and, you know, what to do, when to do it and where. Um, but I think he really encouraged like having an open, open atmosphere uh, where everyone could um, talk freely. And I think that really worked very well, especially with Martin Fry, um, with his Mercury placement being in Pisces and just having that, you know, just a, a mutual understanding and respect of um, just mutual respect being within the band. I wouldn't be surprised with, um, you know, Mercury and Cancer when he had to, when he drummed for Duran Duran, if he really also was very honest and upfront, you know, well, he's kind of like a double agent, you know, that he was a very honest and upfront double agent. And that when that situation or that gig came up, that he was also very honest. Um, and, you know, in order to keep relations with the band high and, you know, to keep that support stable and maybe therefore also helping with, the commitment um, of the band as well. So Stargazers, uh, when rehearsing this episode, I had no idea as to the time. Since it is now like about 50 minutes worth of an episode, I'm going to actually stop here for now, but definitely stay tuned for next week um, because I'll be covering the charts of Mark White, the guitarist of ABC with uh, Stephen Singleton, the saxophonist, the sexy saxophonist of ABC. So yeah, it's the, the fun is, is not going to stop. And then after that episode, part three is definitely going to be the, the four sinistry charts of all the band members mushed together. And what sort of themes came out um, when it came to the relations of ABC. So there's lots of fun ahead uh, when it comes when it comes to uh, seventh house astrology. So definitely, definitely keep your ears out for future episodes. Um, as always, definitely do not be afraid to look up at the stars. With that, we are looking at the origins of astrology, the origins of the twelve zodiacal signs, um, those twelve constellations that actually became the twelve zodiacal signs in our current astrological wheel. It also gives us a little bit of a break from the chaos that can kind of ensue within our day-to-day -day lives. So it's a good mindful practice, too, to just kind of look up at the stars as well. But above all, stargazers, um, I do hope that you are well and that you do stay well and that your spirits are high and that they're bright. And between now and next week, stargazers, I will talk with you then. If you have any questions or comments for Sandra Misek, you can definitely uh, contact her at her Gmail or email account at Misek, um, M-I-S-E-K, dot Sandra at gmail.com. You can also uh, contact her on her Instagram page at Sandra dot Misek. Again, that's M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $2 a month, you could become a patron to this podcast. Visit patreon.com forward slash 7th house astrology for more details.